I have to say, I was pulled into it, officer, no, not, not that kind of thing. I was pulled into this listening to albums that um, aren't as well liked, perhaps, or as well remembered, or as regularly remembered, by listening to Technical Ecstasy. So you can, and re-looking re and re-listening to that, and you can see that by that album, your deductive reasoning is correct. This is Black Sabbath. So I, what I'm looking at now are, over the next few podcasts, or next few weeks, or few months perhaps, or maybe even a year, I'm going to look at those albums that were Tony Martin albums, that people at the time have, and me too, have categorised as Black Sabbath albums that were not as well remunerated as far as budgets go, that were not as well thought of, and, and that generally had the thought with certainly music mags at the time that Black Sabbath is now Tony Iommi who is holding on, holding on. So this one is really an album that sort of, I suppose, um, stabilises the ship a little. By the way, this is an alfresco review. Yes, I'm travelling today, and um, so you're, I'm out and about. It's nice, the sun is shining. I'm outside a, a station, as I often am, often am, and I've still got quite a bad throat. Quite a bad voice, not a bad throat, a bad voice, but it's getting better. Now, this album is, um, is as I said, a, a sort of a sort of keeping the ship afloat album after what I consider to be a really good album but not really a Black Sabbath album paraphrasing John Lord after Come Taste the Band which was the Glenn Hughes helmed Seventh Star and all of the shenanigans that went that went around the tour and Glenn Hughes not finishing the tour I don't think and that's been well documented, but really, the band had to come back. And this album didn't have a fantastic conception. It didn't make you think, well, we're back in business, lads. Because this album, Eternal Idol, which is a 1987 album, started with Ray Gillen, who had such a fantastic voice. And things didn't seem to work out for him. Now, just wondering whether... Just bear with me a minute, I need to check something. No, I was thinking that maybe Dave Donato was around this time, but no, he wasn't. That kind of, is he there, there's pictures of him, is he not, was around 84, 85. But it fed into this feeling, and Ray Gillen being there, singing on some, um, on some of the tracks early on, leaving, there not being a generally very good feeling about that, that just added to a feeling of, inconsistency and a concern about the band. So, having Tony Martin there, who is great singer, really um, good for this kind of, what I consider to be accessible hard rock of a kind of technical ecstasy, ironically, type feeling, and someone who didn't have a, 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 as much of a track record, not only came from nowhere, but people said, well, I don't know who he is. So, it's kind of an, op it's kind of an open book, isn't it? When you've got Ray Gillen, who's had, um, who's had public 
understanding in the past and Glenn Hughes who's definitely had a lot of public understanding in the past this album really kind of writes that ship it really does I mean it's got um, some concern as well or some not concern I suppose but you know interest around the people who were there because there's concern you've got you've got Eric Singer on drums but you've also got Beth Bevan doing a bit of drum work as well he left before um, when a tour was announced I think you've got Bob Daisley on bass um, but I think there was some concern as well about about the bassist about bass and you know Dave Spitz is credited on the album sleeves so he must have done a bit there as well it doesn't help does it but these songs I think some of them really do help for instance The Shining is simple big riff it's what you want Tony Martin sounds a bit Dio in the, in the verse which is also something you want chorus is, is, is short and punchy there's a rangy solo it's the right thing to start with and around here you've got that technical ecstasy simple fun riff in hard life to love it's got a melodic rock feel to it which actually the album before had too nightmare twinkling synth at the beginning then a pause if to say that's not part of the song it's just a little bit we did before the song but the riff has such a 70s sassy feel as if they're saying actually or as if i only say actually this is what i do i can do this great accessible chorus it jogs around a bit it's the best thing here i would say You've got tracks like Lost Forever, which is basic, but it's accessible, and that's really important for Black Sabbath at this time. And Glory Ride, it's a tougher riff, but it's got that big 80s beat on it, which I don't always like. Not a problem here, particularly when there's a giddy-up and a likeable chorus, which cuts across the whole thing. Scarlet Pimpernel is the throwaway, in my view, acoustic little instrumental. And Eternal Idol is a kind of... It's sort of half a return to the big, doomy and big feeling um a big feeling kind of tracks that sabbath would have done in their pomp their mid 70s early 70s mid 70s pomp really it doesn't quite go there it's as if it says i don't know if we can do this anymore but remember we used to do this it's got a big swinging feel to it and i really like it they even try a baby cashmere type feel on ancient warrior this is great it's overlooked it's not a great big black sabbath album but it's perfectly serviceable and really good fun. Great rock. Tony Martin does a great job with these tracks. The riffs are a little bit more tentative than I'd remember with Iomi in his pomp, but I'm looking forward to hearing the other tracks here, the other albums here. Not Dehumanizer, because I think that's one of the best Sabbath albums ever made. The 1992 one with Dio, which I've done before, and has been overlooked completely, I believe. But things like TYR, you know, and I've done Forbidden recently, so cross purposes. Can't wait to hear those because I believe they'll be in the same vein. And you know what? They shouldn't be overlooked because if they were released now, they'd be massive hits, I believe. All over the radio. Well, rock radio. And that is what Sabbath wanted. And this just tells you after all the shenanigans, we're carrying on. And that's the most important thing for Iomi on this album, I suspect. Ta-ta.